In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. I'm here with Jack Duffin in a car, driving to, driving to Green Bay, and Ian right, right, right in sunny Chicago. Ian, how are you? Oh, not too bad. Uh, you got me a little worried that my motor vehicle is causing you pain and suffering as you drive across the beautiful uh, Wisconsin landscape. Well, it's actually thick fog, wet. If I ever hear American complaining about the English weather again, I'm going to tell him your weather is just as bad because this is awful. But anyway, we are not a weather podcast. We're a Browns podcast. Breaking news. We've just told Scottish Hammer he's going to the Bills. So he's quite excited about that. Don't you just love it yeah. when you're breaking news to an NFL player? It's, it's good. We reached out, told him, uh, why not? If we can't win a Super Bowl this year, Scottish Hammer, go get one for the Buffalo Bills. I don't know if you've seen Jack, but the Kansas City Chiefs have employed a brother strategy for their punters, signing Tony Tommy Townsend's brother. So now they have a you know a, a brother duo as their punters. So now the Bills they're worried they're like we need a punter, so they go out and get the most athletic rugby punter in the uh, in the NFL and Mr. Scottish Hammer. Yeah, he's on the practice squad. So uh, no, good luck to him. But guys, where are you driving again? What city? We're driving north of Madison to Green Bay. And why and would you be going to Green Bay? Probably the best stadium in the NFL, I've been told. Yes. Our, our Cleveland Browns this, this week are taking on, actually tomorrow, are taking on the Green Bay Packers. Christmas so, Day. Where else would I rather spend it? With the missus, the dog, and the family at home? No. I want to be with... 80,000 NFL fans living the dream. I mean, if there's one stadium that can get you out of your, your house on Christmas, it's definitely Lambeau Field. So, But now, in saying that, the Browns aren't looking to go to Lambeau Field to lose. So last week against the Raiders, Daniel Carlson broke our hopes of being in first place of the division by nailing a 48-yard field goal, which now puts the Browns behind the eight ball because instead of being in first place in the AFC North, they are in last place. Now, ironically, only one game behind with a tiebreaker over the Bengals, but this makes this Green Bay game that much more important because if you can somehow win this game, you're right back on course. Nah, it's it's going to be massive. It's, we can get lucky and lose this, win the next two, and results go our way. But if we win the last three, we've got a really, really, really strong chance of making the playoffs um, and winning the division. So everything's on the line. From an editing standpoint, we will be doing our best to make sure that we break up some of these things as they drive across the land, the Wisconsin landscape. They might not always have the best service. So you back with us, Jack? Yeah, we're uh, here. All right, go ahead. You broke up there a little bit. You were talking about the massive implications of this game. Uh, I, I was saying we, we 
run all three straight and uh, we've got a really strong chance to make the playoffs. We win two out of the last three. It's, it's going to be sort of a really hit and miss. Who knows what's going to happen? So, uh, no, no time for uh, let's do it next week. It's, uh, it's all on the line. Yeah, and our, our counterparts in the AFC North, two of them are facing off. The Bengals are hosting the Ravens at home. And on the other one, the Steelers are actually going to Kansas City. So there is a scenario where the Steelers lose and the Bengals win. It benefits the Browns more than other scenarios. But at this point, obviously, to win the division, you have to win as many games as possible. And the other teams in the division have to lose as many games as possible. Not rocket science. I'm cheering for that. Since he win and uh, Steelers lose and Browns win, that's, uh, that is the perfect weekend. Yeah, that, that does keep us alive. But in terms of the Browns winning, there's it, it, it's almost difficult at this point to try to figure out what's going on in the NFL because, you know, for all the people last week that were like, oh, the Browns and COVID and all this other stuff because it was just three teams. Well, now it's going all over the NFL as we predicted, saying – once everybody starts going back inside, it's going to spread. So, you know, it realistically could be, I don't know when the testing is going to be done, but, you know, you could have a symptomatic player from the Packers go in because let's be honest, beating this Packers team on the road is going to be a difficult task. They are a high powered offense and their defense right now has suffered a couple, you know, big injuries, losing Jair Alexander um, is a, is a big one for them. So if the Browns are going to win, Jack, what do you think the, the, the three most important things they need to do to win this game? They need to pass the ball early and really go after that um, pass defense because it's not good. Um, we're going to be really weak um, in the interior, losing JC Treader, and you've got obviously some phenomenal defensive tackles there. Mr. Kenny Clark, um, as far as I'm aware, is going to play. So you've just got to air it out. You've really got to go for it. You can't be putting Baker in third and long and hoping for miracles. Get ahead of the eight ball and just keep going. Because if, if you give them a chance where they need 10 points and on the last two drives, they can easily do it. Aaron Rodgers is phenomenal. You, if you get behind, you might never catch them up again. So pass, pass, pass. And uh, without Jair Alexander, they just fall apart. We, we saw it Brady in the, cha- um, the game against them last year in the playoffs where they were lighting them up and then Brady made them stay like two or three times of passing somewhere near Jair Alexander. And it was like two turnovers. Um, the guy is money. Uh, he's the one we wanted on the podcast even more than Denzel Ward. Um, and uh, no, let, let's go and see what happens. Yeah, when, when talking about the Browns and you're talking about the, the secondary. So right now, I mean, their two starting safeties are Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos. So Adrian Amos is having a pretty good season um, in terms of what he does. He's, he's their better coverage safety. Darnell Savage is a little bit more of the guy that they'll rush, they'll blitz, and is there to kind of try to break up the, uh, you know, the short and intermediate passes to the tight ends where Adrian Amos, you know, he's, with, he's been with the Bears in the past and now he's in Green Bay. You know, he's having a good season. The other issue is, is in your corners. So they have rookie Eric Stokes and they have Chandon Sullivan. Stokes is fast. He's the kid out of Georgia, uh, their first round pick. And then Sullivan's been able to be get his hands on some balls that have just been tipped across the middle because the guys have done a pretty good job in terms of the linebackers. Devondre Campbell is having a great year. And then also um, uh, Chris Barnes is a, a kid that's been having a good year for them. But 
the Browns are going to have to figure out a way to move this ball. You know, this is the problem is the Browns offense the last few weeks. Now, obviously, Sands Baker Mayfield last week when we had Nick Mullins. We have struggled to score points. And if you struggle to score points against, I will say it, the best quarterback in the NFL, you will get lit up. And the Ravens last week were able to find some, you know, exploitations in the Packers defense. And that's Tyler Huntley using his legs. Well, Baker Mayfield's not Tyler Huntley in terms of his mobile athleticism. So the Browns are going to have to use creative ways to kind of maybe roll the pocket, move the pocket and try to get the ball out. Because to your point, Jack, when you're talking about Kenny Clark in the middle, you're talking about Rashawn Gary, you're talking about Preston Smith, you know, you're talking about some guys that can wreak some havoc on that line and not having JC Treader, who is a signal caller for the, you know, the offensive line, that's not going to make it as easy as, you know, we would, we would like, but as we saw last week, the Cardinals lose to Detroit. So anything can happen in the NFL. You know, the Browns are currently sitting at a seven and a half point underdogs in Green Bay, which to be expected, I kind of maybe thought it was going to be closer to the eight or nine. But anytime you get over seven and you get below 10, it's pretty insignificant in terms of that. So defensively, Jack, where do you think we are the weakest against the, the vaunted Packers offense? Because obviously having, you know, Dev- Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, you know, having... Alan Lazard, AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones. I mean, this is an offense that can move the ball and put up points. So where do you think they're going to attack the Browns defense? Well, uh, no great Greg Newsom, no John Johnson. That is going to be brutal. Um, you're going to look for, see a really, really good day out of Aaron Rodgers. Um, anytime you see the Packers running, you should be cheering because they are doing suboptimal stuff. So uh... um, just for all our listeners, some breaking news. You hear it first on our podcast. Greg Newsom has a connection with England. His sister is going out of an English guy, and I met their parents on the flight over to Chicago. So there we go. You don't hear that on any other podcast, Browns related. There you go. But the thing is, is you have some young players on that Browns defense, and you know, not having John Johnson, not having Greg Newsom. You know, those are guys in the secondary that when you're going up against Aaron Rodgers, let's be honest, you want to make sure you have as every, you know, every available resource to you on the field. So it was nice that they got Grant Delpit back. The, you know, the issue is, is he's young and I wouldn't be shocked if Aaron Rodgers figures out a way to maybe bait him into, you know, blowing a coverage or something like that, because that's just what he does now. In saying that, Joe Woods should be very familiar with how Aaron Rodgers is going to run an offense. You know, when he was in San Francisco, he had to game plan around it. It's not like this is the first time that Joe Woods has gone up against an Aaron Rodgers defense. So the other issue the Browns are going to have is how healthy is Miles Garrett? Because if you're the Packers and you know groin, so we're just going to pound the ball at him. And if they get in one of those points where we can't stop their running game, then Aaron Rodgers may be able to go out there and have a nice, easy, breezy, smooth Saturday afternoon you know, and be home with barely a stain on his jersey at Christmas time. Because, you know, as we've seen from years past, when Aaron Rodgers struggles, it's when teams get consistent pass rush. You know, the Bears in the past have been able to kind of rattle him because they're able to get Khalil Mack. They're able to get Robert Quinn. They're able to get some pressure off the edge. And even the Saints in that first week when they unexpectedly beat the Packers, it was because they were just rattling his cage. They were moving him around. And then what happens is, is any quarterback who can't get settled in the pocket then they're going to have to figure out a way to generate pass rush because as of right now, you have an injured Miles Garrett, a COVID-less Jadavian Clowney, and IR'd Tack McKinley. So you're not exactly going out there with all of your weapons on the defensive line. 
Is Olivia Veron available for selection yet? Um, you know, Olivia, you know, Vernon is one of those guys obviously did a lot of things last year. And unfortunately the tech McKinley injury is very reminiscent of what happened to him last year, tearing in Achilles late in the season. But at this point, I don't believe he's been. Up. Yeah. I've not seen his name linked with absolutely anyone. I think it was in the off season to be the edge too. It, it makes sense. I mean, you got to figure out how he's doing from that rehab. Obviously he's a little bit older in terms of the, um, the years under his belt. You know, I think Tack McKinley is a guy that they maybe had some, some hope for next season and bringing him in. Cause obviously, you know, Jack, you and I are of the, you know, the volition that Jadavian Clowney is going to be moving on to another team. That's willing to give him some greener pastures, if you know what I mean. But. Oh yeah. That dude's getting paid. Yeah. I mean, at this point he's done his job. So, you know, right now on the Browns D line, and I don't think Malik McDowell came off today. And I did see that Jordan Elliott went on. So right now the defensive line has the look of miles Garrett, half of miles Garrett so to say Malik Jackson Porter Gustin and would it be Tommy Togiai would Tommy Togiai be the one that's going to slide in there for Jordan Elliott Sheldon Day Sheldon Day okay Sheldon Day's played really well uh, last few games yeah the only thing is is he's played well in short stints right so we're talking about a guy who you know has been a rotational player Joe Woods knows him pretty well from his days in San Francisco but we're going to need him to step up and then a guy like Togiai is going to have to step up because now he becomes your rotational tackle, if I'm not mistaken, right? Because the Browns' defensive tackles, you're talking about Jackson, McDowell, Day, Elliott, Tommy Togiai, and then they brought in that, what, Josiah Bronson guy. So at this point, you only have three, four D tackles. Their fourth one would be Malik Jackson, Sheldon Day, and uh, Tommy Togiai, and then you're back after that. I did see Odengambo come back today, so he'll be one of your guys that you're hoping maybe can generate some pass rush. Because outside of that, Gustin, Garrett, Odinabo, that's that's about it, right? Joe Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, but it's everybody in the NFL, everybody in the NFL, you know, I, I said it before the Raiders game. I don't want any excuses. You know, the fact that you had 25 starters out or whatever it is, you had a chance to win the game. You didn't win the game. Now, why you didn't win the game? People are going to debate from here to the end of come, Kingdom Come. But hey, that's the way it goes. So. The Browns are going to have to do what they're going to have to do to, you know, to get this win. Um, Jedrick Wills, have you seen anything on him? I've not seen anything, but I expect him to be back. Because I almost felt like he went into the protocol before Baker and Landry. But oh, Nate Ulrich, left tackle Jedrick Wills and D tackle Malik McDowell will not be activated for tomorrow's game at Green Bay. Both players are still on the COVID-19 list. Oh, wow. Is Case Keenum available? Yes. So they got if back. Baker, if Baker's not ready, would Case Keenum start or not? Yeah. Yes, correct. So right now, still on the Browns COVID list. This is from our guy, Hayden Grove. Kareem Hunt, Jedrick Wills, Jadavian Clowney, Malik McDowell, Mac Wilson, Tony Fields, Troy Hill, Ronnie Harrison, Greg Newsom, JC Treader, Jordan Elliott. Obviously, the one that went on today is kicker. Um, Chase McLaughlin. Chase McLaughlin yeah. And we're going to see Naga. Um, off the uh, practice squad kick for the Browns. Yes, yes, that is that is a big one in terms of, yeah, we had, you know, the Scottish Hammer on uh, for a little while, and now we're talking about McLaughlin going on. So luckily for us, you know, hopefully maybe we score a lot of touchdowns and don't need a, a ton of field goals because, you know, if Jedrick Wills is out, the question, I guess, means do they then move James Hudson to left tackle and put Blake Hans at right tackle? Do they leave Batonio out there at left tackle? And leave Michael Dunn at left guard. 
So it'll be interesting yeah, to see what the Browns do in terms of their offensive line tomorrow. I think I'm going to go Batonio left tackle, guard uh, Michael Dunn, Harris center, right guard Teller, and right tackle Hudson. Yeah, I actually think I would probably agree with you on that one. Yep. It's we're coming down the season and, you know, I laughed at, you know, Jimmy Donovan the other week saying that the Browns are just leaking oil and, you know, it, 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 it just does seem like that. I mean, at this point you're talking about being able to hold the ship together with whatever you got. And, you know, when the Packers have Aaron Rodgers, they're going to be firing on all cylinders. Um, so Kenny Clark has officially been activated from the COVID-19 list linebacker Chauncey rivers was put on the, uh, the reserve COVID list. They elevated Cole Van Lannan, placed Ty Summers and Malik Taylor on injured reserve. I've never heard of those guys. So I'm thinking really the only guy they're going to be without then is Marcus Valdez Scantling, correct? He's the only one that I see that's out. That's that's an impact guy. I just see if we're talking about other thing, other other guys. I'm gonna go with Cleveland Browns 21, Packers 20. What score predictions are you going with, uh, Jack? Hold on, Jack. Well, Before you go there, when we break down score predictions, we need to recap. Paul's prediction was what again? 2021 this week. And Jack, did, did, did you predict that? Did, did I predict he'd go 2021? Yes. No, I thought he'd do something wild because it's Christmas Day, but uh, 2021 is the end of the year. Why not finish on that score? Paul, if you haven't figured out by now, we figured out your per- score predictions. We're at about a 75% clip of guessing you correctly at 21-20 Browns win. One of these days, uh, you were almost close. You were close with the Browns uh, Raiders. You were close. You had 14-13. And it was 14 yeah, What was the final score? 16-14. That okay, damn well, field goal. That field goal cost yeah. you. A lot of people think I'm a fool, but I'm a clever fool. We, we don't think you're a fool, Paul. So, all right. So, Paul's going with 21-20 Browns, correct? Yep. Jack, go for it. Didn't mean to steal your thunder there, buddy. Well, I'm predicting three Aaron Rodgers passing TDs. Um, Mason Crosby has been abysmal. So, I'm going to predict he'll miss at least one of those extra points. So, that's 20 then I'm gonna it'll get one field goal, miss one field goal. So I'm going 23 for Packers. And I'm gonna go 27 for the Browns. Woo-hoo! Let's fucking do it. Wow. <laughs> Man, that's that's so, a that's the most beautiful horn I've heard you ever have, Paul. So 27 to 23. Yeah. Browns. Let's win. go. You know, in my heart of hearts. I sit there and I, I see the path to victory for the Browns because, you know, we need the game. And let's be honest, the Packers have already clinched. And at this point, I don't think the Packers are going to be giving up that one seed. I just think at this point, the one seed in the first round by and the playoffs are going to go through Green Bay. So in the old adage of football, the Packers might not just have the quite the fire in their belly that the boys in the all white throwbacks are going to have coming out of the great city of Cleveland, Ohio. Much like last week, the Cardinals stumble at the gates of Detroit. The Green Bay Packers in a, we didn't really give all that much of a shit game, fall to the Cleveland Browns, 23-17. to Browns win 23-17.
There it is. The Browns win! <laughs> yeah, it, it's very, it's very likely. All right, so now that we've got those out of the way, we'll do a, re, a little recap. So just to, so you guys know, Jack flies into the Chicago earlier this week, and then Paul comes in as well. So, you know, we were together for a little bit. So at this point, Paul, how would you recap your trip and then Jack recap your trip so far and, you know, some of the things you've seen and stuff like that as you've made your way up to Green Bay? Well, I've got to say thank you, Ian, for your amazing hospitality. You picked us up from the airport 30 minutes late. You let us borrow a car with no battery. You know, it's, it's you know, you bought us a lovely pizza last night. Mate, I can't fault your hospitality, mate. It's been absolutely 10 out of 10. A, a plus for effort, D minus for execution. Mate, I'll give it a, I'll give it a B minus for execution. A seven? Do I get a seven? Never a seven, mate. You know that. I'm giving it a 9.5. It's been amazing. Wow. Let's hope the Browns offense is a 9.5 tomorrow. So, Jack, on, uh, what was it, Wednesday, you walked how many thousands of steps around the city of Chicago? Uh, I think I did like 26,000 steps by midday. Absolutely ludicrous. Can you so, translate that to, the, to American audience, please? Like, what steps are? They know what steps are. They got no idea. I think there's a universal <laughs> application of how many times you put one foot in front of the other, Paul. But for the people out there, so... Any of our American listeners know what that means. Oh, they, they know what it means because they all have these, like, pedometers nowadays that count the number of steps, but... No one in uh, America has that. It's on every Apple Watch you'll ever see. Um, so everybody discontinued on the American version, but no, it, it's been a weird trip because I came out here two days before Paul. The plan was get one basketball game in, um, then get a ice hockey game in, and then I'll be jacked up for the trip north today. And then both of them have been postponed, so I've ended up visiting a zoo, going to a bar, and drinking with Chelsea fans while watching the game, and then uh, I went to an aquarium. So, uh, not quite the holiday I planned, but quite frankly, when the Browns beat the Packers tomorrow, it won't matter. Yeah. And by the way, for all of those, so he stayed in the West Loop, which is one of the Western kind of neighborhoods of Chicago, walked all the way to Millennium Park, then walked all the way up to Wrigleyville. So for any of you that are listening at home, if you want to pull up your map and kind of see how far that is. Now, granted, there's trains and Ubers all over the city of Chicago, but Jack, the reason he wanted to walk he was rocking the world-famous pro football focus sweatshirt. And, Jack, what did it say on the front of your sweatshirt as you peruse the streets of Chicago? I was, I was spreading the, the only truth that matters. Running backs don't matter. Yes. Jack, walking around the city of Chicago with a running backs do not matter sweatshirt probably is the most jacked up thing you will ever see in America. Well, to be fair, I had a coat over the top of it because I was freezing my nuts off. Well, man, see, there you go. And, you know, and obviously we, I had no problem picking you guys up. It was, it was a good time and it, it's been fun for you guys to see it. It has kind of stunk a little bit in the terms of the Blackhawks game, then the Bulls game, and then you made it all the way up to Madison and you weren't able to enjoy some of the Joe Thomas delicatessons uh, because the restaurants were closed. The car battery may or may not have decided it was on holiday as well. So it's been quite the trip that you're, when you go back to London, Paul, I'm sure you'll have to tell all your mates about how American hospitality just isn't cracked up what it used to be. Uh, American hospitality, 10 out of 10. I am very, very happy. And thank you very much for this lovely car, the pizza and the uh, airport transfer. And a shout out to Jim, who no chance he'll be listening, is a Packers fan that was there filming the Wisconsin Badgers leaving 
today, Christmas Eve, to travel to Arizona for their bowl game on the 30th. But he was their local media filming and then gave us a jump start so our car could roll. But he was a Packers fan. And he was like, oh, I wish you guys the best, just not tomorrow. So, uh, no, cheers to Jim. Um, but no, it's been nuts. Go find uh, Paul Brown on the old Instagram. There's so much stuff going on. It's all there, catalogued, carnage. Between Culver's Burgers and Lou Malinati's Pizza, and I'm just telling you, you're, you're getting everything jam-packed in a very short amount of time. We have fun. That's the key thing. Absolutely. So, We'll do a little update. Uh, Jack flies out on Sunday, Paul on Monday. Uh, so we'll get a little update before maybe they get back as a recap of the game. Um, but for right now, like I said, as, they, as Jack mentioned, go follow Paul on Instagram. You'll get a, a nice little summary of the day in the life of Paul Brown and what happens when he comes here. You'll get a little Jack. You'll get a little Ian. You'll get everybody there. So, um, Paul, what's your Twitter handle? Uh, Paul Brown underscore UK. There you go, Jack. At Jack Duffin, D-U-F-F-I-N. And I'm at Ian19, I-A-I-N-1-9. And on that note, we say, let's go Browns. Merry Christmas. 40 miles to Green Bay. Go Browns. On the first day of Christmas, Art Modell gave to me a Ridigliano Super Bowl team. On the second day of Christmas, Art Modell gave to me Don Cockcroft kicking on a Ridigliano Super Bowl team. On the third day of Christmas, Art Modell gave to me Brian Seifert passing Don Cockcroft kicking on a Ridigliano Super Bowl team. On the fourth day of Christmas, Art Modell gave to me Zeta attacking Brian Cypher passing Don Carcroft kicking on a Ridigliano Super Bowl team. On the fifth day of Christmas, Art Modell gave to me both the Bruins moves. Zeta attacking Brian Cypher passing Don Carcroft kicking on a Ridigliano Super Bowl team. On the sixth day of Christmas, Art Modell gave to me. I'm catching both the Bruins moves. Al Zeta attacking Brian Cypher, passing Don Cockcroft, kicking on a Ridigliano Super Bowl team. On the seventh day of Christmas, Art Modell gave to me Darden intercepting news. I'm catching both the Bruins moves. Al Zeta attacking Brian Cypher, passing Don Cockcroft, kicking on a Ridigliano Super Bowl team. On the eighth day of Christmas, Art Modell gave to me the cardiac kids a win and Darden intercepting news. I'm a catching both the Bruins moves. Al Zeta attacking Brian Cypher, passing Don Cockcroft, kicking on a Ridigliano Super Bowl team. On the ninth day of Christmas, Art Modell gave to me. And cardiac kids a winning Darden intercepting news I'm a catching both the Bruins moves Al Zeta attacking Brian Cypher passing Don Cockcroft kicking on a Ridigliano Super Bowl team On the 10th day of Christmas Art Modell gave to me Doug 
Breaking, blocking, dealy on a hiking Cardiac kids are winning Darting, intercepting, noose Some are catching Balls of Bruins moves Owls, they to attacking Brian, Cypher, passing Don Cockrock kicking on a Redigliano Super Bowl team On the 11th day of Christmas Art Modell gave to me Dave Logan leaping Doug Deacon blocking dealy on a hiking Cardiac kids are winning Darting, intercepting noose Some are catching Balls of Bruins moves Owls, they to attacking Brian, Cypher, passing Don Cockrock kicking on a Redigliano Super Bowl Catching all the Bruins moves.